like I, I knew nothing about this about this game, right? And just based on the title alone, I was like, here, here we go, another fucking Souls like. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I am Zach Jackson, joined by Adam Ryan. Hello. Nathan Hennessy. Hey. And James Wood. Howdy. How are we all this Wednesday evening? Tender. Tender? <laughs> That's the correct way to describe a Wednesday feeling. Tenderized. Mm-mm. Adam looks... Younger, he looks. Did you shave today? I did. I shaved. <laughs> did. I shaved this morning, and I look like I'm about 16 years old. You, uh, you definitely look youthful. Mm. Um, looking good though, mate. Uh, always yep. good to see your clean skin, James. I'm a bit upset that you haven't got a candle lit this uh, this time. Well, well, as you can see behind me, uh, it's a pretty dull room at the moment. We're repainting, um, and oh, so I've right. had to strip a whole bunch of shit out of my house. The the wall decorations I couldn't quite bring myself to get rid of yet because I knew I'd have to have a camera on tonight. Yeah, fair. Uh, I think it's that he's, he's wined and dined us for a couple of weeks, but now that he's becoming a regular feature, yeah. he's like, oh, I don't have to put as much effort in. I didn't put my face on tonight. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> do you, uh, what sort of cameras do you... Do you go with? I used to be a huge fan of uh, going to Dusk and buying like the melts and different candles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, I'm a Dusk guy. Uh, My current one is Tokyo from Dusk. Highly recommend it. Mm. Nice. Ooh. Nice. Solid. Yeah. Shouts to Dusk. Big, uh, <laughs> big fans of the podcast. Big D. Yeah. <laughs> big D. Oh, we're going in two different directions there. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> glad to have you all here this week. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, let's kick it off with what we've been playing. I don't know if anyone's been playing much that's not for content. So I think we've all been pretty, pretty busy. Maybe Adam. Adam, what do you got for us? You've been, you're showing us the little, just a tad, little D symbol there. Just, a, just a little D from me. Um, I started Yakuza Zero, and oh yes, I, I don't want to say that I'm a super fan just yet because I've only played a couple of hours of the first game. Well, the the prequel to the first game, or however you want to phrase it. Jeez, it's good though, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. that game has a crazy amount of personality <laughs> and it's just a good bit of fun. And I love a game that you can put the controller down for like 10 minutes and just let the story play out and just get engaged in it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, holy shit, I'm meant to be beating someone up with a parking sign. It's uh, yeah, it's a good old time and I'm enjoying all of the characters and yeah, I'm uh, I'm keen to get super invested and to play through the series. So that's what I've been playing. Bloody so, good. Question for you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You've got all your pledges, which you basically haven't touched. No, I'm dead in the water, <laughs> mate. Dead in the water. You have started a Plague Tale, which you enjoyed. I d- the yep. sequel's coming out, and the yep. sequel's coming out soon. Yes, yeah, it would make sense to play that, wouldn't it? Yeah, so talk to me. What's... Uh, yeah, I figured maybe starting a series that has what like eight or nine games in the in its library would be a a better option before I get around to all of those those games that you just mentioned that make far more sense. 
Hmm. Oh, and I played some Fortnite as well, just to yeah, lad, just to top it off. Why do you? Why do you gotta do me like this? Why are you gotta hurt me? <laughs> Have you uh, cracked open the purse and bought any skins? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. I. Uh, I what have you done? I may have bought the battle pass as well, and I may have Darth Vader from the the tail end of that battle pass. I've played a lot of Fortnite this uh, this season, Nathan. I'm, yeah, wow. You know what? Fuck it. I am proud of it. I'm proud of my achievements. I was no, going to say I'm not be. proud of it, but fuck it, I am. It's I, not se- a bad video game. Not at no. all. But, no. Since no builders come onto the scene, I think, yeah, I've, I've dropped all pretense around the game. I think it's mm-hmm. the bee's knees. Yeah, and um, I think the way they yeah. monetize things these days is way, way, way better than pretty much every other live service game compared to something like Apex where you need to be playing it for like eight hours a day to see any sort of return. It's genuinely fairly nice on the consumer, I would say. Yeah, fuck it. Mm. Fortnite's good. Yeah. Cop that, Zach. <laughs> All right. Uh, anybody, James or Nathan, you got anything you can talk about? I've had, a, I've had a pretty packed week with playing stuff outside of content. I've been a bit lucky this last week. I've been able to let my, oh, yeah, let you... my luscious locks down a little bit. So the big one is, and the timing of this is quite nice, on the weekend, started and finished Mafia Definitive Edition, uh, which was a heck of a lot of fun and a... Delightful, soothing balm after my last open world game, which was Saints Row. Having to compare those two, I mean, yeah, it's kind of apples and oranges, but just seeing how much more refined and tight and rewarding Mafia Definitive Edition is in terms of its open world and all of its detail, and it just looks phenomenal compared to Saints Row. It looks like Mm. dog shit. Um, so that, that's that's kind of a mean way to start. But then obviously we found out this week that there might be some mafia news on the way. So that's cool. Didn't expect that. Um, I've dug a couple of chapters into Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which is a very intimidating and very big JRPG, but it's got its hooks in me nice and early. So I'm delighted by that. And uh, has there been anything else? I'm sure there has been, but it, it escapes me at the moment. So those were the two big ones. Nice. I'm keen to play Mafia. I think I don't remember if I pledged it or not. You but haven't, have you? No, I've not. I've not. I've never played it. I played three. Yeah. Uh, look for number one <laughs> and two. Like I think three's fine. Some people really shade on it. I think three's fine. I think number one and two are much, much better. Mm. Was the hang on? Is it one that I've got or two I've got? One's is one was the remake, yeah, like the proper yeah, definitive edition because it was and like then, uh, I think the, I think it came out in like two thousand and two. Yeah, yeah, and then two. Did they do something with two, or did they? Just... They did do a definitive edition with two, but all they did was just sort of upres it a little bit. Like yeah, they right, definitely yeah. didn't give it the overhaul that yeah. number one got. Okay, yeah, so it was definitely number one that I've that I've got uh, ready to go when I get a chance. But no, three I did enjoy the story, the world. Also good, but I found the gameplay a little bit boring after a while. Yeah, so you wouldn't get bored with one and two. These are open world games with absolutely no filler. You're going from you've got an open world and main mission to main mission. There's it's very lean. There's almost nothing to get sidetracked with, mm. um, for better and for worse. So a result of that is they do come off a little bit short. But I felt that they were just the perfect amount of time, both 
one and two. Whereas number three does have a lot of filler. Yeah. A lot yeah. of side content that's just repetitive shit. James, what do you uh, got anything for us this week? Um, outside of content, I played a couple of hours of Red Dead's uh, online again. Um, okay. Now that they've kind of very publicly said... Sorry? Sorry? Or one. Is that two or one? Oh, two. Sorry. Yes. Um, yep. Red, Red Dead 2 online. Um, now, you know, Rockstar basically said, like, this is, we're done with this. It's, you know, it'll get support, quote unquote, just technically speaking, but there's no new content or anything coming. Um, and it, it is. I mean, it's it's a gorgeous world they built. I like the mechanics of that game. Um, I think you could do a lot of great things with it. They just chose not to. Yep. Um, but the flip result of that now is that everyone who is still playing it is just kind of a bit balls to the wall with it. So all of like the <laughs> currency that like me and my mates had built up over the past like, you know, two years of playing or whatever, we're just blowing now on ridiculous outfits because what's the point in holding on to any of this currency now? Um, so it's made for like a, a fun, chaotic uh, sort of online environment now. And there's still seems to be people playing it uh it's just it's just a waste mm-hmm. what what is the online you, like so what do you do is it like there's their missions is there stuff like that i've never actually really read into it there's a story that you can follow up to a certain point and then it just kind of spits you out into the 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 open world of red dead 2 um and mm-hmm. then after that you can do um like supply runs bounty hunting oh. uh just like little basic activities within the world that pretty much just usually are always seen around trains. Uh, no, no, I don't think so. You can like steal the train, but there's nothing on it. There's, it's no, yeah, yeah, there's no really like adaptive sort of content in there. It's a pretty static open world. Um, but you know, if you're on there with mates and you're doing, there's like wave based modes that you can do in any of the major like sort of cities at this point. Um, and they're a lot of fun. Um, but that's about it. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, I got nothing for you. Uh, for outside of content well actually there's one thing but i'll talk about it very very uh briefly shortly actually we might go straight into it because mark's not here so mark reviewed uh teenage mutant ninja turtles the cowabunga collection i have played a little bit of this uh probably like half an hour i played uh probably 20 minutes of turtles in time and then i went back and maybe played like 10 minutes of the first one um just when i had like yeah a few spare minutes um so Mark has given this an 8.5. Uh, his review is on the website. You can read it. His summary is um, to finally have proper unspoiled versions of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade uh, and Turtles in Time that I can play whenever I want without having to spend hundreds of dollars on a replica arcade machine makes the Cowbunga collection worth it alone. Everything else is a, uh, everything else is a welcome bonus. Um so yeah, this is uh, if you don't remember, this is the the game that packages a bunch of old arcade and like um, early console uh, Ninja Turtle side scroller beat 'em up games. I think there's uh, there's the fighting game in there, which I can't uh, t- tournament or whatever it's called, something like that. Um, it's cool. It's cool. Um, I have not played Turtles in Time for a long, long, long time. It. I feel like I felt like my initial reaction was. Ooh, these games haven't aged as well as I remember. Um, very limited, like in terms of like your move set uh, and all that sort of stuff. Cool, neat. Um, but I guess having recently played Shredder's Revenge, which kind of is old school but still modern. Um, yeah, it was. Didn't want. Don't want to say it was hard to go back, but I wasn't like hell yeah, this is as good as I remember it. 
Um, Have they done anything for this collection? Like, is it just up-resed or? No, nah, it's literally just slapped on, I'm pretty sure. Because okay. when you play, um, it's it's one of those games, uh, I think Sega Mega Drive Collection might have done something like this. But when you play the game, it's actually, the screen is inside a screen. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah, um, right, yeah. you've got like a backdrop picture. And I mean, you can see, oops, you can see the um, the pictures on Mark's review how the actual game screen is like half of the actual screen. Um, I think there are options for you to make it bigger, but I don't know if it's been up or not. I don't know. if. Um, yeah, so it's just that sort of old letterbox aspect yeah. ratio where they just fill in the sides. Pretty common. Mm, like not very extravagant. Almost kind of thing, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, um, It was. I mean, it was good fun. I don't know, actually, I think it's like, what, 70 bucks or something like that. So it does feel... Ooh. Woofer. A little bit pricey. Hang on, let me just confirm that. I might have told you, told you a porky. Um, I feel like they were almost would have. I mean, obviously, that's not how release schedules no, sorry, work. Fifty nine. So I was close. So it's, sixty yeah, bucks. Not as bad, but yeah, I feel like maybe if they released the Cowabunga collection first, kind to what everyone's whistle, and then bring out the. Shredders. The shiny newfangled Shredder's Revenge. Or put it, or put it together. I mean, they probably, yeah. well, they, well, they can't because it's two different companies sort of handling yeah, well, that's, the title. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I can't help but think that may have been a better way of doing it. But yeah, as you say, it's not. That's not really as simple. Sixty as bucks that. is that, that's that, that that's a fair price though for that. I th- I think. Look for those that are desperate. I'm pretty sure they'd be happy to drop that. Anything more than that. Like, I don't know, 60 for me, 60 is kind of a mid-range price point now for new releases, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but th- this is not, again, like, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a bit later, but <laughs> this is this is not a new release. So, you know, this is just a bunch of old games packaged up together. Do you think it costs them 60 bucks to make this? Probably not. Um, anyway, they can probably get away with it. That's a controversial statement. <laughs> <laughs> He's being dismissive, folks. He doesn't mean it literally. For w- w- which part? Games costing sixty dollars to put together. Well, I mean, like they've already like they've owned them for twenty fucking years, mate, or more. <laughs> like, yeah, <you know. laughs> I can't now. <sighs> uh, yeah, so the games, uh, the game's pretty good. Like, like I enjoyed it, but I didn't wasn't like yeah, wasn't uh, wasn't as good as I recall. But I've only played like you know, I think again, same with Shredder's Revenge. I think if you play with people, it's probably going to be yeah. a lot more fun. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I did I did love seeing like a bunch of old old school um, like turtle designs and enemies and stuff. And when you boot up the game, it actually has the intro song from the initial cartoon TV show, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and and like the actual cartoon video. So that's so that's pretty well. Part that's of pretty it, cool. Just the part, yeah. It's good uh, just so for it's, for pres- preservation, I suppose, as well. Correct. To have it all in all in one spot and to just be able to play the original. Nostalgia. Yeah, exactly. Never Teenage a bad Mutant thing. Nostalgia Turtles. They should have gone with that. Um, all right, James, you yep. you're excited. I'm excited for you. I am. You want you want to talk about immortality? I do. <laughs> so, how does she look so was... good at ninety? Hmm. How indeed. <laughs> Um, so immortality is, uh, Sambalo's latest joint. Um, he is the sort of, uh, 
emerging auteur, I guess, but uh, behind this kind of like FMV live action mystery solving genre that he's created for himself. Uh, so Can that's I, her a very, story. Very quick question. Of Sorry. Course. Just very, very quickly. How does Sam Barlow, oh fuck, I should have got the name before I asked this question. How does Sam Barlow compare to uh, Super Seducer Man? In terms of <laughs> FMV. Oh, <laughs> compare, that, there's something I'd completely forgotten. I don't get the reference, but that's okay. You know, I'm just, <laughs> it's I'm a game. Go through. You're probably better have off. You, have you not heard of Super Seducer? FM, it's, a, at all. it's a horrible, oh, horrible FMV title. There's like wow. three of them. Okay. We'll it's definitely like be giving that. They're on Steam, aren't they? Yeah. They got banned from Twitch, I think. You have to go check it out. Anyway. Please carry on about. I thought they're, they're <laughs> fucking cringe as shit. A little just good laugh, not a fucking whole explanation. Carry on, Sam Barlow. Oh, we're, we're here now. It's fine. Yes, uh, Sam Barlow. So uh, he has a studio now under him called Half Mermaid. Um, there is a, a pretty like small team, but an, a good assortment of uh, video game talent going on there, and um, they have come together and made Immortality, which is. Uh, uh, like, like the headline from this for me is that like this is my game of the year. Um, it it is dethroned Elden Ring. Uh, it is exceptional uh, as as not just like uh, just this is a, a good video game. It's a for me one of those things that pushes the genre and the medium forward a little bit. It's it's exciting in that sense. It makes it feel new again. Um, we are essentially trying to solve what has happened to the actress Marissa Marcel. Uh, she initially came onto the scene within the world of immortality. She came onto the scene with 1968's Ambrosio, which is a kind of like oddly uh, cheesy horror sex thriller thing. Um, it's very schlocky, um, very silly in a lot of ways. Uh, she then teams up with the director of photography on that film, John Durick, I believe his name was, uh, to make Minsky in 1970, which is a, a genre cop murder thriller thing about the death of an artist. And then in 1999, she reemerges uh, with Durick again, and they make a film called Two of Everything. And this is about a pop star who finds a girl that looks exactly like her, and then they do a bit of a swap um, and what results from that essentially. Um, the, the thing is that Marissa Marcella is missing. None of these films ever saw the light of day. And the, you are essentially given at the beginning of the game this archive of about 200 clips, I think it is, and they're presented on a big grid for you. Pick a starting point, and from that point on, all the other clips vanish, and you are left with some pretty basic editing tools and something called the match cut uh, to figure out what has happened to her, put together the pieces of her life based on what you're able to tell from this footage. Uh, this footage is a collection of interviews behind the scenes, uh, rehearsals for things, location scouting, a whole bunch of stuff just just comes from making a movie essentially um so with the match cut mechanic you find something that you i don't know catches your eye within a certain scene let's say it's like a mug on a table or whatever you highlight it with the cursor and that then uses some kind of algorithm to essentially match you up with another scene elsewhere that might have a mug in it or it might have another kind of drinking glass in it or just another vague color in the background if it wants to make that leap for you it is simultaneously like semi-precise and really throwing you to the wind in a lot of ways, um, which is thrilling because a lot of these clips you find yourself just kind of lost over about, what is that, nearly three decades worth of this woman's life. Um, and the resulting sort of like drama and mystery and intrigue is, is essentially what you're doing here. 
that's about all I can say. It's, it's a very surface level sort of um, uh, reading of, of what is going on in this game, but it is difficult to talk about it at any deeper level because the joy here is in the discovery of what's going on uh, sort of within the deeper world of immortality. Um, it's incredibly well acted. It's incredibly well constructed as a piece of like, it's a love letter to Hollywood and a criticism of it. All of the films that are going on inside of this thing look very authentic to the time. It's all filmed on digital cameras, but, but just by color grading and filter effects, they've managed to make something that is like texturally vintage in a lot of ways. Um, and because of this, the footage feels unnervingly real um and a lot of the time that you're there watching a lot of um a lot of very adult things sort of unfold we're talking there's sexuality violence um a lot of hushed conversations that you don't feel like you should be privy to but you're just sitting there watching all of this unfold and so it makes you feel very it's, it's voyeuristic um it it made me feel quite gross at a lot of times um deeply scary as well it's just it's like a, a, a blast of exciting concepts all going on at once. Um, and I, I can't wait for more people to play this because to actually talk about what immortality is, is where a lot of the fun is going to be. Um, but again, I can't do that yet because we're like what one day out from release at this point. And there's, there's so much here for people to discover. And I said this in my review and it might sound, it, it feels trite to say, but the sense of discovery I've only ever felt in something like Breath of the Wild, basically. And to feel that in an FMV game where there's no traditional play space, there's no traditional story that you're kind of like driving a protagonist through. You're essentially just inhabiting your own self at your computer playing this game. Um, and to be able to tap into that same sense of discovery and magic and wonder and, and fear is just exceptional game design. Um, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. Um, just incredible. Yeah, yes, so when you, please. when you, okay, I've got, got two things. When you first messaged me and said, hey, I've organized this code for this game called Immortality, um, I, I, I knew nothing about this about this game, right? And just based on the title alone, I was like, here, here we go, another fucking Souls-like. <laughs> <laughs> when I actually looked at it, like after you kind of sent it to me and um, I was like, what? This is completely not what I thought. No, yeah. um, so that's cool. And I was going to ask you a question, but I don't know if if it's a good question. Look, I'm happy to field any question about this. If it veers into something we shouldn't talk about, I'll just cut you off. It's simple. No, so it's like, uh, I don't know. You might just go, no, nah, okay. I'm going to ask it, even though the maybe the the subject matter of this question you might, you might, you might not like. But as someone who, if someone like me, who mm -hmm. likes walking simulators and let's say like Quantic Dream style kind of games that are very, very gameplay light, right? There's next to no gameplay here. Is that something that players like who like those sorts of games can, can get around? Like do you have to, I don't, I don't want to say do you have to like a certain kind of game to, to enjoy this, but is that like, I'm more asking for me, like is this something that you mm -hmm. I would like from if I, if that's my kind of, if I like those kind of games or is it a completely different kind of thing? Um, it, it's kind of difficult to say because the, 
it's odd. I don't want to say the gameplay is light in Immortality because I, I think that the way you engage with it makes it like a very demanding experience in a lot of ways. Like you need to be constantly in that game. Um, you're not just going to like sit back and watch these scenes play out. I think the longest clips are like maybe five minutes or so. Um, and, you know, the mechanics require you to be sort of a fairly present and whatnot. Um, sorry, my dog is having a, a moment over here. My apologies. <laughs> um so yeah, look, I, I would recommend this to everybody, I would say. Um, it, it makes a really daunting concept uh, very easy to grasp, uh, very easy to yeah. play. Um, I, it's one of those things that, you know, what you're talking about there with those kind of games that kind of let you, like the narrative forward, you know, minimal gameplay yeah. and whatnot. Um, this does slot nicely into that sort of subcategory. Um, but just even broadly speaking, like I said at the top, like this is one of those games that just kind of should be experienced, I think, by anybody who has a, a genuine passion for the medium, uh, because it does things with interactivity that I haven't seen before. Um, so yeah, cool, nice. Yeah. Do you know? Uh, do you know how much they're charging for? Just just out of interest. It's thirty it bucks. Is thirty bucks. It's also on Game 30, Pass. Okay. Um, so oh, okay. I only know that because I literally just downloaded it a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, smart, good man, good, stuff. good man. Yeah, yeah, and it's coming to uh, Netflix. Yes, yeah, uh, iOS and Android. Yep, so you'd be able to play it on your phone. a good fit for that service. It truly is. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic cool. choice that's for them. Cool. I will say, in terms of the interactivity, though, I don't know how this would play on a touchscreen. Um, the so yeah. the review guide essentially recommended that you play it with a controller, and I didn't prefer that. I, I liked the the kind of tacticalness of my keyboard to do this um, because you are sort of like scrolling through a lot of this film. You're going frame by frame sometimes. Having that like click, click, click of a key or on the controller, I think you're like essentially rotating the sticks. Um, that physicality is an important part of making you feel like you're sitting there editing together this footage um so i, I don't know how that goes on uh, a phone though nice yeah well i mean it's been getting amazing reviews so yes it, it certainly has yes go, go for adam. It. yes hello adam from well played i've got a two-parter <laughs> question for you um Shoot. one as far as progression goes because i know you say you kind of edit together this um or splice together these clips Mm -hmm. I, I'm trying to, and I guess this is hard, it might be hard to answer, but I'm trying to piece together how you actually progress in the game, whether it's like right. there's yeah. a start goal and an end goal, and you're kind of trying to work your way mm -hmm. through her story to get there. Um, and the other part of my two-part question is, is there a definitive end or is it kind of left to be more ambiguous and it's kind of a take from it what you will kind of situation because i know nathan's played some of the, the other games from this fine fella but i have not mm. um so for the progression part it seems as if you i'm not sure if you hit a certain threshold of being exposed to a certain number of clips or a certain number of like time spent in the game and then it starts progressing things quote unquote um okay. but yeah it's difficult for me to tell i actually wanted to sort of go back and restart this but i'd have to delete my save file to do that and i, I wasn't ready to let go of my uh little immortality experience yet um because like to answer that second question i hit credits at about five hours um and there are like actual credits cool, like the game yep. ends um and then immediately jumped back in and found even more footage i hadn't seen um so there is right a lot going on that you will miss even by the time you've hit credits, unless you're exceptionally thorough. Cause I'm still not quite sure what triggered the credits for me. Um, but something 
happened. Mm. And I was like, oh, I guess we're, we're doing this. Um, that is, is about as vague as I can be about it. Yeah. Okay, cool. No, I'm, I'm happy to, to go in pretty blind, but yeah, it's yeah. very exciting. You just very intriguing. poke at it. Yeah. Exciting is intriguing is absolutely right. Because when you, when I first sat down with it, I was just overwhelmed by the, the concept of it. Yeah. Um, cause initially the kind of like thrill of like, Oh, they, they've done all this incredible acting and put together all this footage. And that's really awesome. And then you sit down and actually start going through it frame by frame. And you're like, Holy shit. There's a lot of stuff here. Um, and you know, you even think about it. Like I, I did this in five hours. That's at least five hours of like actual footage they had to film for this game. Yeah. Um, and that's just what I saw as well. Um, and I do, while I'm on the, the, sort of the craftsmanship of it. I do want to give a special shout out to the performances in this game. Uh, Manon Gage plays the lead and she is absolutely exceptional. Um, Hans Christopher is the kind of like strange director lover uh, auteur that she ends up sort of working with throughout these films. And he is fantastic as well. And uh, I said this in my review, but uh, I think her name is, I think it's pronounced Charlotta uh, Molin. Um, one of those performances that when we can talk about it uh, will always be talked about in terms of a, a video game performance and a piece of video game like writing. Uh, I, I think it's just going to go down as one of those like high bars for, for where we should be aiming for. Very exciting. Nice. Very cool. That's your first 10. Yeah, I know. So welcome to the club. I think, Adam, you're still... Still haven't popped that waiting. cherry yet. Still waiting outside. Nathan, it's a good have feeling. You given a, I don't know if digits? I've given anything higher than a nine. I don't think I've even hit a nine point five as yet. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm very eagerly awaiting my ten. Maybe it's on the horizon. We'll see. Still some yeah, some stunners on the way this year. Still, there it is. There it is. All right, James, you quickly want to, well, both you and Adam can talk about uh, Destroy All Humans 2, reproved. What a uh, segue Adam. between immortality and Destroy <laughs> All Humans. Yeah, that was uh, like, I think I finished my Destroy All Humans review on Thursday and then started playing Immortality on Friday. I was like, <laughs> what is happening? What a, what a culture shock that is. <laughs> going to massage your colon, now we're going to massage Truly. your brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Adam, you reviewed it for Press Start. James, you reviewed it for Well Played. You, you take uh, you take lead here. Um, um, I think this is a decent remake of a bad game. Um, it is sort of where I, I land on this one. I think it's faithfulness to the original, which um, if you don't know at home, is a 2006 PlayStation 2 game. Uh, so we are looking at an early aughts version of a satirical alien invasion happening in the late 60s, I, w- I want to say. Um yeah, it's very well constructed as a homage and a love letter to what has come before. Uh, I think that fans of the original are going to have a fantastic time with this. And I said so in my review, like as as a remake, great. Um, there, there's a couple of technical issues that we can get to. Um, but I just I, I just never want to think about this game again. Um, <laughs> I, I, I found it to be kind of just just intellectually exhausting just from a like purely it's it's 2022 um as a queer person as well like i'm, I'm definitely let's say tuned to to feel a certain way about certain things um and the the humor in this game and generally the kind of um tone of it i, I found exhausting uh how about you adam Particularly I for a second round it. right because it was the same humor as the first yeah. one yeah which i never played either so okay. i missed that yeah no, I am. Um, Sounds like you're real gutted. Uh, yeah. yeah, I can tell you, 
as soon as you uh, wrap up this podcast, you'll be back to play the first one. Um, no, I couldn't agree more. I think it's a a commendable remake in in the visual sense. Like it looks really nice, uh, and all of the I think the character models in particular have a lot of character to them. Um, but it's definitely a game from two thousand and six, and it shows in pretty much every way. I think the gameplay is actually quite tight. I think they've modernized that to feel like a modern game, but literally everything else is is dated. The mission structure, like there's lots of escort missions, lots of diff- like the, just the same thing. Figure out where you're going, go there, take out a few waves of enemies, and that's it. Um, the saucer is boring as fuck, and it should be way it's funner so than slow. it is. It's really, it's really just, bizarre. It's just dull, I think, is... Mm-hmm. is what I'd put it down to. And yeah, the humor is unfortunate, I think would be the (laughs) the term I would use. It's like, yeah, I think I I said in my review as well, if you have nostalgia for it, you'll probably get a couple hours of fun. If you're looking to switch your brain off, you'll get maybe an hour of fun. And that's kind of the extent of it. But yeah, if, if you liked the originals, I'm sure you'll get, get a laugh out of it here or there. Nice. And you, what did you give it? Well, I think we both gave it a seven. From, seven? Right. Yeah. 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 yeah and that's purely based on the the value of it as a remake, I would yeah. say, which is how I kind of go into most remakes is like, all right, I, I can have my feelings about the original and, and sort of what they ported over here. But yeah, as a remake, it, it, it's fine. Um, I did encounter a fair few bugs. Uh, there was a lot of screen tearing. Uh, the game crashed several times, um, which is odd because you wouldn't think it's that intensive um like hmm. and understand that what these consoles can do um yeah. but uh yeah just a, a little bit disappointing in that front for sure yeah mine crashed about four times during the like the kaiju battle because the was, kaiju battle yeah, yeah yep, yep, quite yep. a lot going on did you find that just, thing was a bit of a bullet sponge as well yes um, yeah yeah the boss fights yep. in general just a bit generally so. yes agreed yeah games ever hmm Cool. Well, you can check out the reviews on the respective websites. Speaking of remakes. Uh, <laughs> Smooth. Yeah, there's a segue. Like jazz. <laughs> yeah. well, that one, well, that was on purpose. That's why I had to get <laughs> yeah. Destroy. I actually forgot about this until I looked at the doco. So I would have actually led with Destroy All Humans if I... Anyway. Uh, last was part one. Pretty good. Yeah, okay, nice. <laughs> Uh, no, so where to start? Uh, story, okay. So, th- so this is a, a yeah. I mean, we've talked we've talked about it quite a bit. So uh, they've they've built it as like a rebuild. Naughty Dog have come out and said that it's a that it is a remake, not a remaster. Before playing it, I was kind of be like, eh, you know, they're probably just saying that. Like, let's see. This definitely leans way more to, towards remake than like remaster, in my opinion. This game is a and just for for context, I have gone back and played uh, sections of the PS4 remaster. I wanted to go, actually wanted to pull. I dive through my uh, cage in 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 the basement here to try and find my PS3 to actually go back and play the OG, but it was buried behind the fridge or something that's in there. I, I, I don't know. I just didn't have the time, so I went back and played the PS4 version. And comparing the two games, yeah, th- this is definitely a substantial upgrade on that visually. Um, yeah, it's the visuals are they look very, very, very good. Um, I think that sometimes screenshots and those uh, the gameplay videos and the stuff that they put out doesn't quite do it justice until Correct. you actually 
mm-hmm. playing it like for yourself. So we've seen like a lot of people, you know, get a bit cranky about, oh, you know, it's barely, it's basically the same game. It looks the same, but then you actually look at it uh, and you play it and then you compare it. Or then if you're like me and you go back and play the old one and you go, this is so much better. This looks so much. So the visual enhancements in, in this game are easily the biggest improvements here. Um, character models for one are like crazy good. Like they look very, very good. Um, like Joel, Ellie, you know, like Tess, like all the main characters, they all look very, very good. Um, enemies also have, have they, like, they, they look quite, quite better they don't look quite as bland like for some of like the runners and stuff like that uh and like the basic infected the environment so that's what really gets my jorts going like i just loved abandoned shit i love i just wish the apocalypse would happen like i just want it to happen like (laughs) i'm just fucking ready for it um i just want it um not really it's what retail retail does to a man um (laughs) But yeah, I just love like abandoned shit and all that sort of stuff. So the amount of detail and like the environments feel denser. They feel a lot more detailed, like the foliage and stuff like that. It all, it looks lush and overgrown. And like looking at the PS4 version, um, I was like, this kind of looks a bit bum. Like kind of looks a bit bum. Like, um, you know, but maybe that's because I've been treated to some, you know, to so many good titles over the past couple of generations, but but yeah, like uh, I was surprised at just how good and uh, improved the visuals were, and yeah, like the, the areas look phenomenal in this game. I think I think they've done a huge and a great job with this. Like the lighting is is fantastic. Um, the areas where you go into like the tunnels or there's like tons and tons of spores, um, again look amazing like look look awesome there are spores everywhere like you can just sort of you can feel like all the particles you can you can see all the particles it just adds to like the overall immersion like of that world like like the whole world building in in these games i think is outstanding um yeah gameplay wise it's it's been tightened up it's it's not the it's not quite the jump from uh the original to part two um but it is a a lot tighter um actually so that was one of the my main complaint playing the original was this the gameplay I felt was a bit clunky in that sort of Naughty Dog style, um, like the Uncharted sort of have always been. Um, it's a bit, you know, loose. It doesn't sort of, yeah. Uh, it, it's been, it's definitely been tightened up. It's, again, it's not quite as good, I don't think, as, as part two, but it is, yeah, it definitely feels a, a lot tighter and a lot sharper. The enemy AI has definitely been improved, but again, uh, I feel like a little bit, little bit of a missed opportunity, which is why I don't think it's probably a full remake. Um, it sort of sits in this some weird area of creativity that doesn't maybe have like a category yet, but it's like basically it's like 20 question. Yeah, so um, just on what you're saying here about how it doesn't play as well as um, part two, right? Mm. Do you think it looks better than part two? Uh, I admit I have not been back and played part two. Um, okay. So, but I remember that game looking very, very, very good. It'd be very close. Probably okay. probably better because this has actually this is- been built to opti- uh, to you know built on this new hardware whereas uh, yeah i was gonna um, say this is just a ps5 title yes yes yeah. for now and then okay. pc coming um right yeah i mean just based on like memory uh stuff like the water reflections and stuff like that like just look next level like next level 
um, like crazy good. Like, and when you walk through the like the puddles and stuff, like it, it ripples like it would like normally. It's just the level of detail in these games, and that's why you know I think Naughty Dog are the best at at what they do. Um, you know, they just they make games like nobody else, or or like very few. Sorry, I should say, um, and that's why they cost a fucking shit ton to make and sell them for and a fucking high price. But yeah. um, but like the other thing, uh, yeah. So gameplay is, is still very. I think the gameplay experience is is better in here. Um, the very awesome animations that you use as uh, sorry that you see when you use the upgrade table, they're all here. So the part two. I don't know if you know those from memory, but they were like whew, very good. Um, I could sit there and just watch Joel. I can play with guns all day, baby. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's there. But uh, yeah, I was going to mention something else, but then I forgot. Thinking about Joel about, but Yeah, something about <laughs> that I forgot. But uh, yeah, then there's like, so then you've got the audio or just the general PS5 uh, upgrade. So like your haptic feedback and your your adaptive triggers, um, your, your 3D audio. So I used it, um, sorry, I played it while using the SteelSeries Arctis Nova Pro. I think that's what it's called um, for a bit. And again, like the sound design in that game is excellent. Like just uh, like whether it's the rain or just the just the nothingness of where you, you know, if you're in one of the tunnels or, um, you know, there's just the sound effects of what's going on on outside of, you know, life that's left in whatever area you are. Then you've got the clickers and the enemies and stuff. And um, it's just, yeah, it's just such a uh, subtle but very, very good audio experience. Um, but the, probably the big thing, uh, I think, that, and this is something that they do better than anybody else, uh, and that's ex- accessibility. And here they've, so part two was like we are, easily the best at this and then they've taken part one and just gone we're even better than what we were there is so much here that people can play with to make their playthrough more comfortable um, whether that's aids like like visual aids like on the screen different control schemes you can play with the haptics um, with your dual sense setup so you can actually customize what does what basically um, there's the screen reader which is new to this as well so there's there's a ton of stuff that they have included here that basically means that anybody and everybody can play this game, uh, which is good. I think more, more big developers at least who can, who should be able to afford these sorts of features. They should definitely take note and follow suit in this regard, because I think there are far too many big games that don't do enough. Like seeing what this team can do. It's like, surely, you know, other big teams can do it. And, you know, sure. Maybe, Guys like you know Sam Barlow or smaller teams, for example. Not sorry, not, not to rag on him, but you know smaller, <laughs> smaller teams that you know don't maybe have the resources, and that's probably not like a great excuse. But um, mm-hmm. it'd be good to see you know. Sony sort of implement this across all of their first parties. Like Correct. if this yeah. is something they can afford to let them do, um, yeah. then have them all do it. Yeah, I mean, it, it should, if or well, you know, Sony own all these uh, teams, it, Naughty Dog should give this tech or what if you know, yeah um, the design you know, like, doc hey, whatever it is that needs yeah, to happen yeah yeah um and even just share it with the greater industry if that's you know and just for the benefit of players like um and for the, i guess you know they'd probably get goodwill but you know does i don't know does bethesda want sony's accessibility tech and rather than make their own i don't know 
Anyway, um, but it's really good. Price point is probably the only sticking point. Um, <laughs> and we've talked about it a lot, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. I am, after playing it and seeing the upgrades and stuff, I'm indifferent towards it. I think if you're a new if you're new to the franchise, you've not played this game before, this is easily the best way to play. Like we spoke a couple of weeks ago about, you know, the originals or whatever it was that James said, sort of like the originals should still have their value kind of thing. I think they do. But for new players, this is uh, definitely the best way to play this game if you're coming into it. Um, and if you want to replay it, this is, again, this, this is the best way to sort of re-experience it. Um, and I think for, for that and my own... Not that I paid for it, of course, because shout out to Sony, they uh, they gave us the code. But I think it's worth the money for uh, the right player. Uh, I can ease. I can definitely see people being like, "Fuck that! I don't want to pay one hundred twenty twenty five dollars." And I completely agree with that. That's fine. Like I get no problems with people saying that because I do think it is high. It is a high price for what you get. You're getting the DLC uh, left behind, which is excellent, and the game, which is excellent. You lose the multiplayer because we know why because they're focusing on a new game uh in that world so it is it is a lot to pay for a game that already exists and you can go to eb jb cash converters wherever and um you know buy a cheap copy but now having actually played it the differences are a lot they're a lot more than what i thought i don't think that they would be as this big especially visually like like from a visual standpoint i was expecting yeah okay okay but this is huge this is a massive jump nathan you've 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 dabbled yeah so look i'm not going to echo too much of what zach said here because i'm in agreement with 99 percent of it i've played three hours of it so i just want to caveat everything i say by the that fact i'm only as far as where you part ways with uh, test at the Capitol building. So for those that have played, they know. For those that haven't, there's no spoiler there. Um, so look, as, as you say, uh, graphically, this is... I mean, look, uh, the first, again, one of the things I'll say is this is... In, in Of my three hours, this still stands as the masterpiece it was and still is. Uh, feels like age has barely touched this, even though if you have played the... Or, or go back and play the remaster, it, you know, there's a little bit of age that this feels ageless you know so they've obviously given it the love that it needed visually it's brilliant like the lighting um the the little details they've added to this like zach said there has been images floating around that suggest that this is dark and featureless no it's atmospheric this game does darkness like very few games i've played it's not afraid to get very bleak and very like it'll just drown out like your one little source of light will be the thing that you hold closest to really emphasizing the fact that this has some of its best-in-class survival horror, particularly when you're playing on the harder difficulties. In saying that, I did want to focus on a couple of negatives. And again, this is prefaced by the fact that this is a masterpiece. So anything that I say is not to bring down, you know, Zach's opinion. This is just absolute nitpicking for the sake of nitpicking, and it's super, super minor. Firstly, uh, within my first hour... I had enemies T-posing. Bit bit odd for the third time around in a game like this. Um, and it's, you know, T-posing, it's something that we just laugh at. I only saw it once. I want to be clear about that. It's not plural. But I did see an enemy T-posing as they were trying to flank me and got a bit of a giggle and thought, this is a bit weird. I don't appreciate or, or see how far they've gone 
in a great respect with the gameplay in terms of it being a remake. Yes, it's tightened. Uh, I think one of the first instances I noticed this was with regards to the melee. It's very subtle, but it's effective. So the fact that game gives you just a little bit more grace when it comes to throwing counters and stuff like that. So it definitely is a bit more visceral and a bit more reactive without changing how it originally uh, seemed or felt. So it's just a little bit nicer. Um, but there's a little... I, I feel like the gameplay remake aspects is a little bit of a missed opportunity. I'm going to provide... And again, these are super, super, super minor. Just want to make that clear. When I got to the upgrade, so I got enough of the... There's obviously a resource that you can get. It's like medication or something, which allows you to upgrade your skills. I was playing on survival difficulty. One thing that happens on survival difficulty is you don't get... Uh, there's like a, a sense that you can activate that alerts you to like through walls if there's any enemies nearby. It gives you kind of a radar. That's missing in survival difficulty. That's gone. Instead, you're relying on visual cues for the enemies that you can't see. And it's very effective. But there is still a skill for upgrading that radar even though you don't have access to it in survival difficulty which is really odd, and it's going to mean that some players, if they're jumping straight into survival difficulty, which you can in this title, I think in the first game, you, uh, in the in the PS3, you had to finish the game on hard before you could unlock survival. If you jump straight into survival and you start sinking points, one of the first things you can do is start sinking points into that radar ability. Wasted, because you can't use it. Bit odd that they didn't remove that. In fact, from top to bottom, the menus are, from what I can tell, identical. So that's something that I feel like they kind of maybe missed out on a little bit. They just could have given that a little bit more love. But as I say, super duper minor. This is a masterpiece. I'm so delighted with the three hours that I've had with it. It is still the same game that I've played twice before for the most part, but it has never been more atmospheric. So I would say if you are playing this for your second or third time and you're willing to take the jump... I believe that you are probably going to get a more deeper experience if you do jack up that difficulty to something like survival, where it's not unfair, it's just a more true survival horror experience. The game is in no way unfair. It's just taking away some tools, and it's just getting you to rely on the game design. Like, it, you'll put you into an area where there's a lot of enemies, and you could shoot them all if you're playing on normal or hard, but instead you might sneak around them instead, and the game will give you a lot of tools for that for that option. So it's very, very crafty. Um, did, have you said what you've given this sack? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure I'd probably be at the same mind as you. Uh, I w I'm going with a nine. Yeah. So, yeah. so, my, so my negatives, I, I've mentioned, I mean, I don't probably go into as much detail as, as you, but uh, I my two negatives are that the price will, will put people off. Yeah, you're going to know if this is the price that you want to pay, I think. like, And you know, I don't know that many will do. I wrote that not utilizing part two's AI systems feels like a missed opportunity. So Yeah, they said that they were, but... I, no, I, I don't, just, did they ever say... I don't think they ever they said did. that. They did. They 100% sure? did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they definitely did. It was, was one of the things they okay. touted. Um, and it was a little bit disappointing because... Um, I, I didn't feel like it was that noticeable. And in one instance, and you'll notice this in, in the original games as well, you'll have your, your, your companion AI, say, for example, Ellie or Tess, they'll just start running about in a room full of dudes where you're supposed to be stealthing and the dudes are just oblivious to these companion characters walking right in front of them and just scattering about. And that still happens here. I um, thought that was a little bit odd. Yeah, but that's... AI's see, still a little daft at times. That's... um. 
I never know how to feel about that. Like, it's um, odd, isn't it? Because I feel like that if the game punishes you for that, it's unfair on the player because you're being stealthy. But then again, on the on um, the other foot, it takes it takes you out of like the realism, the immersion kind of thing. So it's, it's a bit comical. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then you know, if 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 you were playing that scene and you'd worked really hard to get from like one location to another without being seen, killing people, blah blah blah, and then some friggin companion set them all off, you'd be you'd be annoyed. It's um, particularly hard yeah. in something like The Last of Us, where pretty much the entire game is you with a companion, so you don't want to turn the whole experience into a one giant escort mission. So it's mm. I, I'd imagine that would be hard to balance, which is what it is. So also, when a firefight breaks out, your companions are still very reticent to actually do anything. Like I've had a firefight really? where I've just stayed behind cover for the entire firefight in survival, I must say, right, okay. uh, and Tess. Like this was a five minute firefight where. They were all basically shooting a test, and I was sort of off to the side, and she fired two shots in the entire fight. Hmm. See, I fuck's um, sake, Tess. I've had a uh, yeah different experience. I I I, th- I can see the improvements. I think it's minimal though. I think there are they're they're minor, but visual is huge. Yeah, visual. <laughs> so in in the channel here, you might have seen James and, yep. and Adam. I've dropped a couple of screenshots that I've taken. Um, what do you think? I mean. Discord probably doesn't do the Im- images justice. Because you've got to see it in motion. <laughs> Game's you can gorgeous, see, like, yeah, absolutely. Like that picture of like of like the water, for example, like that ripple was just... Yeah, that looks um, and, pretty great. And the other thing, like, and that one, um, you know, in the in the underground there, you can kind of see, you can't really... The picture didn't really quite capture it, but the spores, man, they're just... <laughs> it's almost like you're just... Like you, you want to reach out and kind of wipe them away kind of thing. Like that's how... Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, just quickly, with that picture, um, I didn't mention this, uh, but it's in my review. Uh, I looked because I love like walking around the, like this world and just well, just game worlds in general, and I'm just looking at shit, right? So when I did that in the PS4 version, um, right when you uh, start playing as Tess uh, and Joel, and um, after the the first little bit, I looked up and the sky was fucking just pixelated as balls, man. It was oh. like. It was like real blurry, and I was like, oh, "Okay, okay," and that's why, like, you know, you look in the distance in, in these in, in the other games, and it's that's one big difference here. Like, you can yes. you can see, you know, the distance or the um, I can't think what the draw, draw casting or whatever the fuck the word is called. I can't think what draw the word distance is. and draw sky distance. boxes. Um, yeah. yeah, what did I say? Draw casting or something? But um, yeah, no, it, it looks it looks yeah phenomenal. I think big big fans of this series will get their money's worth. Maybe, mostly, I think mostly, sorry, I think most people would probably get their money's worth once they play it. But I think it is, it, it's it's a price point that's hard to say is a must buy for everyone. But I think everyone should at least play this game, kind of like what yep. James was saying, is that everyone should at least play this game at some point. I think there's just enough improvements in this to elevate this to, and I don't know how you feel about this, so I'm just saying this of my own accord, to one of the greatest survival horror games like just the the elevation mm. of the atmosphere alone i was playing this with the epos h30 pros so the audio again um huge enhancements there it's taken a great game and given it just enough sheen that mm. i didn't think i was ready for a third playthrough i totally am now so this yeah so this comes back to because i didn't i recall that you were like yeah i'm gonna play it like i know i am but you were like eh like it is you know I'm, very know, I'm, on the fence. I'm very not seeing like fence. a lot to kind of draw me in. Now that you've played it, are you 
like you, uh, you are you more convinced i'm 100 percent invested yeah it sells itself real quick right from right that opening sequence i know man that just has lost no like, fucking impact nah it was it's even it's well i want to say it's, it's better but it's it's elevated isn't it yeah it just i've i've forgotten how just how oh. gut-wrenching yeah <laughs> Um, if you haven't played this, my goodness, you're in for you, a ride. What do you do with your life? Stop playing Yakuza and... Um... <laughs> and I still think I maybe prefer part two, but I think the, part, the pacing in part one is like perfect. Like it's a better paced game. Mm. Can I yeah. ask a, a narrative question, I guess? Um, you just of kind of touched on it there. I don't really know where we as a website, I guess, land on, on part two and its narrative choices. Uh, going back to this one, do you feel as if the sort of impact of, of knowing what's to come changes your like feelings about these events or a bit of a nothing? Um, I haven't given it much thought. Yeah, I can't say I really f- thought about it a lot. Um, no, that's fair. But I, th- I just but know I a lot of people have feelings about where Joel ends up, let's say. Um, yeah, I so, think... I yeah. think um, I yeah, it's it's a bit like the first the opening sequence. I didn't think that I would really feel much. Um, uh, Adam, yes, I have. I, I I will show you two pictures. Cool. And it will blow your little fringe out of your hair, mate. Out of your Excellent. Hair, out, of, out of your face. Sorry. Yeah, um, I know it's a, it's a game from what 2013, and spoilers feel redundant at this point. But I wouldn't feel right talking openly about it, being that there's a, a remaster or a remake, whatever you want to call it, just releasing. So, yeah, I'm being yeah. touchy or, or careful rather. Yeah, uh, I'll try and find the the picture. Hang on. Um, While you're doing that, I'm just going to quickly comment on, on James's question there. So you know, do, does this sort of change how we perceive the second game? So I think as a as a side, I think we we quite liked part two personally i felt that you know definitely was self-indulgent but that's never stopped me enjoying a good piece of media um but i think it's just the fact that so no spoilers you play as ellie in the second game you play as joel in the first game and having those two experiences sort of separate to each character kind of complement one another brilliantly so i think they both sit together quite well and both are separate games mm. terrifically yeah i mean yeah I, I yeah i don't think it changes my opinion um but i do think sort of a roundabout answer to your question going into part two not knowing what was coming um impacted it a lot so i feel like if that game had because there were spoilers everywhere for that game i feel like if uh if i'd have known what was coming beforehand uh it would have limited that um that impact i think um but what did you think of part two james i think i don't think we've ever yeah please indulge about it oh i mean i i loved it um i i prefer it over part one like it is indulgent and i think the pacing does kind of like sag a little bit in the maybe like the back third of that game maybe it just gets a little bit too much um but i think all of its narrative choices are much bolder i think the writing is better um i I, it plays better i I think it's just like i loved the first game and then part two came along and expanded on everything i liked while also making ellie and uh, abby in turn like very compelling protagonists and antagonistic forces to each other i think the way that it plays around with uh, 
your involvement, you as the player, I suppose, like when you're doing some things at the end of that game and you're pushing the buttons and you're just like, I, I don't want to push these buttons. Please stop making me push these buttons, Ellie. Mm. Um, that, that dissonance between player and narrative, I, I found really interesting. Mm. Who did you prefer? What, what character do you prefer out of Ellie and Abby? Um, I think I ended up preferring Abby, um, just because, I mean, and again, let's not spoil anything because if people are coming to this series now through the part one remake, then like go forth and and enjoy what's to come because it's, it's an incredible story. Um, but yeah, loved Abby. Um, and I, I like that I didn't like Ellie anymore. Um, I think that was a very creative and fun choice that they made. And just a small side note, I love that they let her be like a disaster lesbian. Like she was a a mess of a woman. Um, And as queer rep, I loved that. Uh, I thought that was very good. Nice, nice. All right, so I've chucked in a couple photos in the Discord there of the the two, of the the, uh, part one and the original, the OG Doctor. Excellent choice, that. I, I didn't like that know that there was conjecture around the Doctor. Like, that's clearly a conversation I was in privy to, so that's that's amusing. But you can see from that picture. Oh, yeah, 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 night how, and day, night and day. Um, yeah. All right, we won't go too much more on uh, Last of Us because we've spoken about it a lot, but, yeah, I, I'm, giving it, I'm giving it a nine. Uh, recommend it for, yeah, like I said, first-time players or people who want to go back again. If you can't, if you can't ju- justify it, I think you're well within your right to not justify it. But Correct. at least at some point, um, if you want to go back and play it, you, you should do it because it is, it is a worthwhile jump. Also, looking at what maybe twelve months, and this should be on the PlayStation Plus, like upper tiers, right? You'd imagine they'd oh, move God, this I over. Oh God, I hope so. Yeah, mm, twelve months. I mean, maybe, maybe. Well, do they have is Last's Part Two on there? No, they've been real cagey with part two, mm. adding that to literally yeah. anything or dropping its price. It took a really long time to budge at all. It really seems like they're prestige baby. Um, is, yeah. is Ghost of Tsushima on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, Director's, Director's Cut. cut. Okay, cool. Which I still haven't played. Don't that's know, probably... I didn't love it. What's the other? Oh, yeah, because Return's on there. Okay, I, I was mm-hmm. going to say that. Mm-hmm. that's the last. Yeah, that. Yeah. Part of that's yeah. a video game. You know what else isn't <laughs> on? You know what else is not on uh, PS Plus? The Order. The Order, baby. <laughs> is it not? <laughs> now that they, Sony's they, trying to distance themselves from, I the have scrubbed Damn. that game's existence. I reckon. I would play it if it was on there. I would play it to have that conversation with you, Zach. <laughs> Please. Oh, do. he hasn't played. I didn't know. When no. you look at uh, any sort of um, what's right, like montage or whatever that they do of like PlayStation games of the past and stuff, that game is just not. Not even shown. It doesn't they exist, just, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> makes, I, me, I, makes me very sad. I didn't love that game, but I do think it, it was underappreciated in terms of its like art direction and world building for the PS4. Like I, the Sony came out with nothing like it, and it is a huge shame. Do you... I don't want to go into this. This is a good topic for another time, I think. Yeah, of course. But do you think it was harshly treated? Like I know you said it was... Oh, for sure. Yeah, this like, came out at a time where I think... It almost seems like the conversation around valuing a game in accordance with its playtime had kind of peaked. Mm. So we know it's not a very long game. And I think it probably copped a disproportionate amount of dislike solely on that fact. And the conversation's turned now. Like you get a five-hour game these days, folks are delighted. Or at least that's some of the conjecture I see. (laughs) So I think it was harsh done by that 
particularly. Mm. Anyway, maybe we'll do like a big thing, like a big po- special potty episode. One day we'll all play the order and we'll uh, talk about the good old days. It's not anyway. a bad game. It's not a bad game by any stretch. Uh, yeah, cool. Adam, I know you were pretty much against this game's existence and wanted to hurl abuse in DMs at Naughty Dog developers, so um, are you still... <laughs> Mate, I've been on feel? Reddit all day calling people <laughs> Jesus. How do, you, um, how do you feel now about this? Have we uh, twisted your arm at all? Nah, I still don't want to play it, but I, I've softened the idea of... You know, it's for a certain audience and I think new players will get a lot out of it and certain returning mega fans will appreciate the work that's been done. So I've softened a little bit. It still doesn't make me want to play it, but I understand it's that I'm not the target audience. So that's all. Cool. James, are you going to go back and uh, play this? No, no, I'm, yeah. I'm good. Um, I, I love that first game, but I, I loved it for what it was at the time. And then part two did everything better. So I, I mean, I'm, I don't want to play part two again, though, either, to be fair. Like, I yep. think those games are um, experienced and then put on a shelf. Question for you, uh, just on that. Are, are you the, the kind of person that likes to go back and replay games or are you the uh, one and done kind of kind of man? <laughs> generally one and done kind of man there are certain exceptions like i will always get an urge to replay pokemon silver it's been what, 25 years and i can't, can't stop um but generally uh, yeah just just the generally one. yeah unless i'm going to platinum something and then i'll spend a number of hours with it so cool um all right i want to ask you all of you a very 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 quick question um and let's not spend too long on this because we've already been gone way longer than what i thought we would with the last of us but um what is your opinion? No, not opinion. How do I phrase this correctly? Do you think pricing should be considered as part of a critical analysis? Absolutely. As um, only as me myself. I'll elaborate later. James, go ahead. No, okay. So I guess I'm just wondering when you say critical analysis, do you mean a review of a video game or a critical analysis of a piece of media? Sorry. Sorry, so in a review of this. So let's okay. use part one as an example. We're reviewing yep. this game. I've said one of the negatives of this game is that it's priced too high for some people or most people or whatever. Yes. Um, yep. Is that a fair comment to make? Yes, I would say so. Because like a, a review is, and as much as I try to sort of rally against this in my writing, like a review is ultimately a review of a product. Um, and the a, a product's price is a part of its, its um, you know, makeup. So... Because in my mind, it's it's also a recommendation on how people spend their money. Like mm-hmm. in Absolutely. essence, like you're you're telling the readers that you should go and pay one twenty five dollars to go and play this. Um, and I think, especially because this is its third time, you know, its third rodeo, uh, that it's definitely worth uh, talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, we also talk about accessibility issues and financials are an accessibility issue in their own right. Um, and mm, as these correct, games get yeah. more expensive, it does get a little bit more wobbly to, you know, we get it for free and that's that's a really good way for us to sort of cover these things, but we don't then have to pay that money to, to do this. Um, and so, it, yeah, I'd say it needs to be a consideration. Cool. I've never considered that point, though. That's, uh, that's good. Uh, Cost of living. Yeah. In this economy, <laughs> etc. <laughs> yeah, so look, um, I, I'm new. I'm new to this game, right? I'm new to this whole uh, review sphere thing, and it, it's very exciting, and I get a lot of enjoyment out of it. So I don't 
professed to assume there's a lot of conjecture, a lot of opinions around how video games should be done uh, with regards to all different kinds of considerations, pricing being one of them, um, you know, problematic aspects, blah, blah, blah. But for me personally, how I conduct my reviews, I do make a, I, I do pause for a moment and to consider the price tag and think, okay, what caliber of title is this game putting itself up against within different contexts? So if it's an indie game, I don't want to compare the price of an indie game against the price of a AAA game, but an indie game against another game. If you've got a Souls-like that's 20 bucks and a Souls-like that's 30 bucks, and the tw- and the one that's 20 bucks clearly seems to be from top to bottom have a lot more love shown to it. I feel like I'm getting a lot more enjoyment out of my time. Not necessarily that it's a longer game, but I'm getting more enjoyment out of it. That's what I want to quantify in my review. Uh, it's part of the reason why I think I was maybe a little hard on Saints Row. I gave it a five, whereas a lot of people were giving it sixes and sevens. And I don't think, you know, I don't think a six is unwarranted. I think a seven's pushing it. But again, I'm thinking, well, this is a hundred dollar game that plays like something that came out in 2010. And I can buy games from 2010 for a fraction of this cost. And get a lot more enjoyment out of it. So it's, it is something that I absolutely factor into mine. But then also I don't consider myself... And, and I don't know some reviewers do. And I don't know where we sit at the site. I don't think of myself as a product advocate. Some of you folks might do. Again, this is just me personally. I don't judge anyone how they approach critic reviews. This is simply the mindset I get into. Not a product advocate. I like to have a conversation about the game and I, you know, I get a a bit of glee out of thinking, you know, how we define a a score around this whilst also considering that there is a some responsibility here. A score can be damaging. So we don't want to be too, uh, what's the Mm. word? Blase perhaps. But I still think, um, and even if it's unintentional, uh, unintentional, unintentional, um, if you give a game a high score, you're essentially recommending this to, players so. you're absolutely right yeah and look whether or not i i intend that to be the case it is the case but like, i think like you know i think i think what you're saying is right like i don't think we yeah like, i don't think any of us are probably product advocates but i wouldn't i wouldn't at, resent anyone if they were it's just at yeah. the end of the day like the review or the score in the, in yeah like that's that is that part really that is yeah yeah there wouldn't um, be the same value if it didn't have a score, you know. I, I, I think it wouldn't... And that's mm. the unfortunate thing with scores. You kind of... They even, they add so much, but, yeah, they can be quite damaging. Well, as, well, as an editor, I think you have first-hand experience and knowledge about how publishers and that are looking for scores for a kind of sales impact, surely. Like, you Correct, have yeah. examples of this. Mm. Well, yeah, so, like, it's... It's interesting, like Saints Row is a, an interesting one. Like they have marketed that game quite a bit. like Real hard, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and then to see that game getting spanked, like they wouldn't be, um, they wouldn't be loving that. But the just to, tell, just to quickly um, add on to this the chat, how do you then, How do you critique a game that is on Game Pass, for example? Do you still go... Yeah, okay, that's a you, tough one. If you literally go to the shop and buy it, it's still this price, regardless of having Game Pass, being on Game Pass, whatnot. So this is where it becomes such a slippery slope 
to discuss what a factor in game pricing. But I think I think each game should be yeah critiqued on its own merits. And I think this is like I said, th- this is a third a third time going in for players on this game. Yes, it's a it, it's a it's a good it's a good um, uh, sorry like it's a big improvement, but it's still a game that has existed twice before. So yeah. Anyway. Unless anyone's got anything else to add, let's move. Let's move on. Cool. Let's move on. So, <laughs> <laughs> almost thought. Uh, no, never mind. Adam's uh, got nothing in the chamber. All right, let's do jorts quickly. So, because we haven't discussed jorts, Adam is all very right. excited. Can I um, can I go over my jorts because I'm really excited about mine? Can I have first dibs? Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll let you have first dibs. Just because I'll be right back. Just because I'm all kinds of keen. No, I've literally got one game this week, uh, this month. So I feel you're like, joking. Uh, yeah, no, right. It's, it's that's hard to make it I knew that's why. So I was like, mm, I'll let you have it. Quick, quick and simple. Steel Rising, I think, looks interesting. Whether I'll actually play it or not is you won't play it. I probably won't. Zach knows. I <laughs> that's won't play your it. one game of September. Oh, no, I'm right. so disappointed. <laughs> the the Yakuza series will be my games for this month. So. Okay, I'm so jealous yourself. of that journey you're on. Like, I'm I'm considering doing it myself because I got added to that PlayStation service. So, um, please let me know if it's worth Do doing. It. Bro, I did yeah. the whole journey last year. Loved it. Sags a bit in the middle, but the middle games are significantly shorter. We're talking like 15 okay. hour games, whereas like zero, he could be like 70, 80 hours in that motherfucker. Yes. Keen as a bean. <laughs> but yeah, Steel Rising legitimately is the only game that genuinely stands out for me this month, mainly because all of the games that I was keen for have just now been just fucking play Bloodborne. Stop getting distracted with other Souls-like games and play the good one. Yeah, maybe. Wait, <laughs> you haven't played Bloodborne, but you're it's interested on in these Souls-likes? I know! It's only James gets it. Interesting. Uh, mm. Yeah. You embarrass yeah, yourself, me. son. You have. Uh, James, this is the guy that also hasn't played Bloodborne. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm not. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not. Like, I know I'm not you're guy. not that interested. Yeah. Although I think thematically you would froth. Yeah. I, okay. Here, here's here's a little story for you. I actually did own it and played it the bit, and I got absolutely destroyed. Yeah, of course. Yep. And yeah. I was like, Nah, Daddy's not ready for this sort of punishment. So, yep. and I took F- about Father Gascoigne took you took you to town. Oh, um, mm-hmm. I think I died on like the first enemy, mate. Like, <laughs> good. One guy with a rake, and he's like, "No, I can't. I can't do this <laughs> because I don't like. I'm impatient. I'm an impatient player. Like those kinds of games, mm-hmm. I don't block. I don't defend. I just go and attack, baby. I'm all out of attack. You know? And patience, you need in spades. Yes. So that's why I played Lords of the Fallen, mate. Because I. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> Listeners, help me out. <laughs> Anyway, James, what are you came for in September? Um, so yeah, look, still rising does look interesting. Um, I'm I'm definitely curious how that's going to play out. I think that's from the guys that did. Um, uh, what was that? Yes, no. that's it. Is it. Which is you Freeform, know like yeah. a solid B game, and so a solid B take on the FromSoft uh, sort of formula with the particular art direction that they're going with the, that kind of weird clockwork uh, marionette ish looking thing. I'm I'm, in, I'm intrigued. I'm I'm interested. Uh, it, it'll be what it'll be. Um, moving away from the, the from soft stuff though, just because I don't want to be too much of a cliche. Uh, Gloomwood, I think, looks phenomenal. Um, I don't know if does anyone else have any interest in this? Oh hell yeah, hell okay. yes. 
the thief like M sim. I don't know, man. But this exactly. is coming up. Yeah, Gold. it looks like it's a game from like 2005 as well, like in like a deep cut PC, old school looking thing. Um, I, I think it looks fantastic. It seems to have uh, some sort of survival elements in it as well, which I didn't realize when I first watched that trailer. Like I, I saw the Resident this Evil. This is 4, news like, to me. Oh, okay, cool. Survival elements. I believe I saw that dot point on its website, um, but. Ooh. Again, Resident Evil 4 item case that you open up and spin items around in. And I was like, yeah, I'm in. Let's go. Yeah, this is this is great. Uh, Temtem looks interesting. I know that that game had like a, a initial launch, I think, what, a, a year ago, two years ago at this point. I'm not really sure uh, why it's resurfaced, um, but I never played it at the time. So I'm, I'm always young for a new Pokemon experience. And Potion Permit is the one that really surprised me. Uh, this thing is a really cute sort of pixelated, um, vaguely Stardew Valley looking type thing where you're essentially playing a little alchemist in a town. You're going to go out and, you know, forage things, kill animals, and then make potions for sick people it looks super cute um I'm, I'm into it nice um there's another game that you and i are both keen for uh sunday gold yes Ooh, you want to talk yeah. about aesthetics aesthetics out the gold Arse. hole yeah that mm. game looks hot not my best work, uh, but yes, the game, the game does look looks really hot. Uh, I, I like the the tone that they're going for with that, so I'm definitely keen to check that out. So if, if you don't know what Sunday Gold is, basically that they've coined it like a disco Elysium, but a point and click, um, and so. a little bit Persona Five looking as well. Like some of the combat, it's uh, sort of looks very turn based. Um, Super stylish, yeah, um, yeah very very stylish. I think I said when we first discussed this. That it looks, it's got, it's almost got, got like an arcane, dishonored sort of, mm-hmm. um, yeah, sharp like, edges, like, cell uh, shaded, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. very That's British, September sixteen or something like like that on Steam. So that looks very cool. Uh, James, sorry, was that all? Good sir. Uh, yes, Wayward Strand cool. is also like hovering in the back of my brain still. Yeah, um, but yeah, you got to get on that. That's um, that's gonna be good, I reckon. I think Zach sold it to me, what, last week or... No, it was a couple of weeks back. Uh, I don't mm. know if it was on the pod or not, but you were saying, like, time progresses in a manner that's kind it's of always moving... Yeah, so moving it, forward. So, yeah, yeah so It doesn't strike me as the kind of game that's going to make you anxious about the clock moving forward, which mm. is such a balance, so I'm really intrigued. Yeah, so basically, yeah, we've spoken about it before, but if you haven't listened to the podcast before, welcome. If you made it through the first hour and a bit um, sorry about the gold hole comment i'm not always <laughs> like this i mean that's a lie but yeah i don't mind. i didn't i liked it so uh <laughs> yeah so wayward strand it, you play this as this young teenage journalist uh who goes on board like a hospital airship set in the 19 late 1970s in australia um and essentially it's played it's played across three days and the game is played in real time so you're you don't really have i don't believe you have like an objective so it's literally your, you go and you experience the three days and you experience the three days. You can do it whichever way you kind of want. So every character has a, in, in on board this airship has their own uh, script, if you want to call it that. And where you go uh, as a character, you can either, so if someone, you know, if you go up the stairs at 11 o'clock and turn right, you might bump into mr wood and if you go downstairs and turn left you might bump into mr ryan you know what i mean like it and then you can choose to engage with those characters um so if you do go upstairs and go and see mr wood you miss out on the story that mr ryan might tell like might tell you at that same time so 
it definitely encourages multiple playthroughs. I think they the devs said it's about an hour for each day, I think, from memory. God, I think, I think pretty sure you said that. So it's only about three-ish so hours long, I would assume. Um, but apparently there's lots to uncover and there are multiple things that occur at any one time. So you can, um, yeah, so you can basically choose which way and what stories you want to investigate. And, you know, a, a character might tell you about something on the ship. So you go off and you try and investigate that while, you know, other things are going on at, at, at the same time. So, yeah. And that's coming to everything. So PC, consoles, Switch, the works, um, the entire thing. No Game Pass or PS Plus, though, I don't believe. September 15. Um, yeah. Uh, Nathan, what are, you, what are you keen for? A lot. September is very much a Nathan Hennessy month. It all starts... Friday. If you're listening to the podcast, we should be seeing the release of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R. A mouthful. This is the remake, re-release, re-update, rehash of the PlayStation 3 2D brawler set in the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure universe. Also coinciding with the release of the second season of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean on Netflix. So it's a JoJo's Bizarre Day. If you haven't checked out this series, uh, yeah, it's the current season on Netflix. Stone Ocean is a great place to start. They're all kind of self-contained. Um, but no, it's a, it's a very glamorous, very funny, and hugely satirical pop culture references out the arse. Um, love it, love it. Made in Abyss, also coming out the same day from the same publisher, is a anime adaptation of the Made in Abyss series. It's uh, called Binary Star Falling into Darkness. And very quickly, this is about a child and her cyborg child buddy who are venturing into this hole that's opened up in their world that goes all the way down um, about six layers, super deep. And as each layer goes, um, they start descending into kind of like madness and it becomes this kind of existential horror. It all starts off all cutesy and lovely up top. They're just like little budding explorers searching for treasure on the top layers. And by the time they get to the bottom, they're, you know, bleeding out their ears and eyes and there's brain dripping out their assholes and stuff like it gets dark. So I'm all kinds of keen for this. Uh, obviously, Gloomwood for every reason that... Uh, James has elaborated, this is such a curious game of a mesh of all these different genres from people that uh, might have really loved their experimental first-person games from the late 90s. This just seems to be gelling all of those together, Thief, Deus Ex and the like. Sadly, we've kissed Evil West goodbye for a couple of months, but we do have Metal Hellsinger on the way, which um, I guess looks kind of like beats per minute, like that BPM game. So it's a, what, a rhythm first-person shooter? Which uh, still strikes me as an unusual genre. I haven't played BPM. I haven't played this, but they've got some... You didn't some... play the demo? No, no, not oh. at all. I want to kind of go into this one fresh. You know, this year was the Fair. year that I played Doom Eternal and I had an absolute banger of a time. So I'm hoping that this is going to continue to scratch that itch, but I'm happy to wait and see what it's like. The Dio Field Chronicles on the way. I did a preview of this uh, back in June, I believe, June or July. I wasn't in love with it, but I was interested enough that I'm excited to see Square Enix come out with a new strategy role-playing franchise, uh, even though the story was all kinds of absolute rubbish and the combat had a lot of problems. A um, bit of a shill for what the company puts out, so, you know, I'm, I'm a little tickled anyway. The Legend of Heroes Trail from Zero 
is the fourth game, I think, in the Legend of Heroes Trails series. So this is the first time this has been localized from Japan. Uh, I think this was originally a PSP title in like 2010, so it looks very old, even though it's only about 12 years old. Uh, this is probably my most anticipated game of the month. Uh, although it's not a very glamorous looking game, uh, this series has some of the best just coincidental writing, like just as you interact with NPCs and objects in the game, there's so much detail and humor. And so it's it's a game that absolutely revels in the small details of its writing rather than its grand narratives. So I'm really keen to get stuck into that story, uh, even though I haven't played the previous two titles, but I think it should stand alone well enough. There's also another JRPG that I'm kind of interested in this month, just rounding out my list, big list. It is Valkyria Elysium, so again, another game from Square Enix. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. The trailers have looked very grey, very bland, very bleak. Uh, but Val the, Val the Valkyrie series, so this, I don't know which number of title this is. There's been a few over the years. We haven't seen a title from this series in, oh, maybe six or so years, it's I think. It's been a hot minute, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while, hey. Um, so I haven't played the previous ones. So I'm always excited to find a new entry point into a Square Enix Japanese RPG franchise. Uh, when when it one opens, and I think this should hopefully be one for people like me that haven't dabbled in this franchise. Have you dabbled with this franchise, James? I have the original game. I think it was the first one. I played it a long time ago. Was um, it a PS One title? I thought it was even earlier than that. Actually, Ooh. I'd have to I'd have to go back and check. Um, but yes, that that series is playing with some really interesting ideas and character writing. Um, it's, I, uh, do they lean into North? Norse mythology, yes, like the title and hugely, implies. hugely, uh, okay. very, very Norse inspired, uh, Ragnarok, all that, all the good stuff that people love. Um, <laughs> this new one though, you're right. I, I'm tentatively excited. I kind of left it off tentatively my list because excited, yep. I can't tell how I'm going to feel about this thing. Um, I was going to put my hand up for it actually. And then I watched another trailer. I was like, I don't know if I need this in my life in this time frame. <laughs> let's say. Very well said. I, yeah, look, I'm, I've got nothing to add. I think you've summed it up perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> That's my month. September is so girthy. Nice. All right. Well, I won't, I won't go on uh, very long, but yeah, still rising. Cool. Last was part one, as we discussed, which we've already played. Sweet. Uh, Sunday Gold, which we've already discussed. Wayward Stream, we've already talked about. Three games we haven't discussed very, very quickly. FIFA 23. Yep. Cool. Everyone's excited to know that. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Um, the other game that I'm very keen for that I'm surprised no one else mentioned unless I tuned out uh, while I was just putting up this, the finishing touches on this review is Return to Monkey Island. Look, my list was already too long. Otherwise... Yeah, to save it. Yes. Me. I appreciate that. Um, Definitely. This is so good. Yes, yeah, so th that game's coming. Very, very keen to see that. I actually don't know... I'm going to dive straight in. I kind of want to go back and play the games again. It's been I kind of want you time. to dive straight in so you can tell the rest of us that it's safe to do so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to have Good. that feeling hanging over my head that I have to play all the previous okay, games okay. to oh. really enjoy this. Because I actually went back and I started them last year, I think. But I, again, just one of those things that I just started and a bit like a play tale with Adam. You know, it's good. I know, I know it's good, but, you know, fuck it. Let's go play Troll and I or whatever. Um, <laughs> No, I'll take one for the team, bro. I think I do. I think I do that many times. Um, 
The other game I'm keen for is Broken Pieces, uh, which we discussed very, 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 very briefly uh, earlier this year. It is a third person. Actually, I'm surprised James is not. Well, actually, I'm not surprised James hasn't heard of it, but James might. Um, James might enjoy it. It's kind of got like a Resident Evil kind of uh, style vibe to it in terms of gameplay. What is this so, called again? Broken Pieces. It's called Broken Pieces. It's it's a psychological thriller taking place in a French coastal village. Somehow, this is the Steam uh, blurb. Somehow, outside the flow of time, solve the mysterious. Solve the mysteries by putting the pieces of the story back together by figuring out the enigma behind this mystical place. Um, so it's like interesting. It's, it's got it's got like a little bit of a yeah old school, re sort of style vibe there. I played the demo, kind of cool, kind of neat. Um, you know, third person um, action adventure psychological thriller. You know, definitely my kind of jam. So it'll, mm-hmm. knowing that, it'll, it'll probably stink. So it's not time to tell. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, I've got, uh, got fingers crossed for it, so very cool. That's my jorts, and we shall... Is Serial play... Cleaner still coming out? Hmm. Yeah, it is yes. still coming out. Yeah, I was keen on that, but I just... Whatever, man, but I... if great. I may jump in, I'm going to add something to my unofficial jorts list now that, uh, Nathan, I think you're going to be excited about. The original Valkyrie profile is getting an enhanced version on the PS5 also coming out on the 29th of this month. So Is that coming out as a separate to... release as well? It is, yes. Uh, Valkyrie Profile Leneth. Uh, so you'll be able to I go back excited. and replay it. Yeah. Oh, look at that. My means knows me well. Oh. I got you covered. I didn't even know this existed, so it's fine. Because <laughs> I knew it was coming out as a part of Elysium. I didn't know if they were going to do a separate release. So that that's exciting. Yes, it is exciting. Right. What a month. I am going to absolutely fly through this news and we may talk very 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 briefly about a couple of things um playstation has acquired mobile developer savage game studios uh they will be operating independently to create mobile experiences cool don't you all, don't you all have phones or whatever that blizzard guy said that one time um a new market game has been announced we know that cool coming by hangar 13 uh, i don't think there was any sort of details revealed just that a new one's in development so that's cool uh, release dates, Gungor Grave, Ash is at you. I can hear you being very excited from Tassie. He's Heavily breathing. Very, uh, super excited. November, November 22 for that. Uh, the Dark Pictures Anthology, which I think we might have said last week, is coming on November 18. And Pentiment is coming on November 15, which I think happened a day or two after um, the potty went uh, live. Did, yeah. Nathan there. So November is absolutely fucked. That is huge so you you've you you've got devil in me on the 18th you've got pentamon on the 15th you've got evil west on the 22nd you've got god of war on the 9th oh sorry on the 11th was it is it 9th or the 11th whatever um and then you got gungor grave there's just shit for days sonic like, frontiers is in there somewhere yeah, stupidly cool. okay he's not here so we, we don't have to worry about our time <laughs> <laughs> and everybody laughs um Speaking of Evil West, uh, the good boy himself, uh, KV, went and played it over at Gamescom. He's got a preview up. It's very good. He's excited. Um, what a babe. He's fi- he finally ag- he gave me a little bit of acknowledgement in that um, article saying that he uh, that people have told him to go, that this game looks good, but he's ignored them. So <laughs> shout outs. Uh, where, where, where can I find this great article? Uh, you can find it over at press-start.com.au <laughs> along with Adam's review there. <laughs> For destroy all humans uh you got then we've got aew fight forever <laughs> gameplay revealed uh adam anything about this look good you keen 
looks the goods. Looks like WWF No Mercy, so it looks real old school. Are you serious? Arcade-y. Yeah, it looks fucking rad. Sign me up. Big, big Y2J, is he in the trailer? Uh, yeah, there is gameplay of him now, yep. In is his he, new is he like dad bod dog? form. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, all right, cool. And the biggest news, I guess, maybe, is that the PS5 is getting a price increase. 50 bucks here in Australia. So the digital version goes up to 600 bucks or 599.95. And the disc version goes up to 799.95. Not good for people who haven't got one, but probably I wouldn't say I'm overly shocked. Surprised a little, but not, yeah. I think I think it's these not have particularly consumer friendly. Um, no. Yeah, I mean, like price hikes never really are, but um, especially we're well a year into the life cycle of these things now. About that. Two years. Two years. Two. Oof, mm. Okay. Yeah. Time means nothing in in post COVID. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I don't I don't love this. Um, I, I understand the reasoning behind it to an extent, um, but. I know. I, th- I think shifting the the cost of this kind of stuff onto the consumer, especially when we're talking about such high end um, tech, it's just it's rough. Especially when it's a console that Sony's already making substantial profits on, as opposed mm-hmm. to their previous two. Like right out the door, they're making money on this machine. Yeah. This is not sold at any loss. Mm, I think it's yeah. I think the cost of let's just call it the cost of business, right? You know, all that stuff that goes involved and all this sort of stuff, it, it's, de- it's definitely gone up. Um, but, you know, do they absorb that? Like, you know, I don't think Microsoft would increase the price on their console. Um, no, they're too concerned about their image at this point. So, um, but on the other hand, I think PlayStation can do it because people will still pay it. Yep. So. If they could. Yeah. Mm. Well, they'll, they'll see, like, that's the thing. It, it keeps selling out. Um, I think, yeah. Uh, the other thing is uh, uh, Shannon over at Press Start, they he noticed that there's a new lighter model that's come out in Australia. Um, I don't, so p- possibly new or different parts in, inside. Who knows? The other big news that dropped tonight um, before recording is that... Um, I read it. It's just just up here. I should go back and just read the article rather than trying to remember. Uh, NetEase has acquired Quantic Dream. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I don't know who really. I don't really know who NetEase is, but they yeah, they apparently they I've heard invested. that name before. Well, they they invested in them previously, um, but yeah, now they own own the big David. Um, and there's an article here on VentureBeat. Uh, I think they broke it maybe. I don't know. Uh, but he or this journalist asked um, Big David Cage why why they sold. And he was like, we've had plenty of opportunities to – oh, no, sorry. I, I'm making that quote up. Uh, we had acquisition discussions on several occasions during the past 25 years, but none have guaranteed our editorial independence. We decided to pass on these opportunities and continue as an independent studio. And there's more yeah. about it there. But – so NetEase are pretty much known for a portfolio of pretty much free-to-play games like Marvel Super War and uh, well, it's not it's not free-to-play but like Naraka Blade Point. Um, Diablo Immortal apparently as well from the the Eurogamer article that I popped in. They published a lot of, lot that. of yeah like live service games and stuff mm. like that. Not generally single-player experiences. 
I don't uh-huh. want creatives to be shackled, but I feel if anyone needs a bit of a kick in the ass, maybe David Cage could probably do with it, yeah? Um, I'm, yes. I'm this would be it. Their games would not fit in this portfolio, traditionally speaking. Not at all. Not from what I'm looking at here, no. I am, it's very strange. Yeah, I'm more curious to see what happens with their with the publishing side of their business. So we've spoken about it before, but Dustborn is a game that I'm very, very much looking forward to from Red Thread Games. Um, it's being published by Quantic Dream now. Um, that game was, was about uh, yeah. 2020, I think. Did they not uh, literally just announce no, the game that they're publishing? 2021, sorry. At yeah. Gamescom? Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The underwater one? I can't remember what it's called. But yeah. Yeah, that's uh, a really good point. I wonder what that kind of shakes out to look like. Well, maybe even more for games like Dustborn, which was it was announced, I think, in late 2020 or early 2021 mm. that was being published by Quantic Dream. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, like I said, that, that game was meant to come out last year. And it's now what? That old chestnut. Sep- September 2022, and there's still nothing about it. We haven't seen or heard of it since. So, mm. All right, cool. That's pretty much the news, I think. Uh, was there another piece in the Slack? I think I thought I said, oh, sorry, the next Assassin's Creed. Fuck, do we want to talk about this? Probably mm-hmm. should me. Eh, <laughs> back to basics called Mirage. Yeah, City of Baghdad, 18, sorry, 800s. 800s, yep. Potentially early 2023. Yep. Sorry? Oh, right. I was like, that's a very big time jump. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but I don't really talk about the release yet. Which kind of makes sense from their timeline. Like, we would have expected a new Assassin's Creed by Mm -hmm. now. And the fact that it's been, it's probably been internally delayed till late, uh, early 2023 is only a good thing. Because um, Valhalla launched like a piece of shit. Mm. Launched? <laughs> Sorry. Like, <laughs> um, I'm trying to find. There's a bit here that, yeah. Sorry, uh, I mentioned the, the series will will be going back to basics. So mm-hmm. I wonder what that means exactly. Like, are they going to go back to like uh, the old school kind of? Apparently, a smaller not, scope. So, like, so instead like of having the. Or? Well, that's what I saw, some headline or something somewhere saying they're stripping the RPG stuff out. Which, yeah, it's what it's eh. insinuating. So that, this sense it's alongside, uh, what is it, Infinite? Infinity? Um, Who knows what that yeah, is? Yeah. That other thing they're doing, which I assume is the continuation of the, the big bloat version of Assassin's Creed. Because, um, like, why wouldn't you do both if you could um, yeah. keep everyone mm-hmm. happy? Yeah, well, it's satiated. a bit like, um, to, to choose a weird... Uh, comparison like like the RE games you know they're mm. making all the old school fans pleased with all the old remakes um, you know and then making these new games um, alright what are we looking at time wise here fuck okay that's right actually we're not doing too bad um, off topics let's quickly go through it anyone got anything to share James I, I, I want to get your on air thoughts on Netflix being cancelled sorry on what Netflix cancelling <laughs> Resident Evil Oh, um, look, deep, deeply sad, not at all surprised. Um, it, it's, it's a bummer. Like, I think generally the way Netflix is kind of cannibalizing talent and ideas at this point is, is pretty shit. Um, and to, to see it done to a series that I obviously thought had a lot of potential just kind of sucks. Um, but this always happens with Resident Evil fans. I think I tweeted when this news came out that like, this is why we can't have nice things. Um, They just do not know how to act like adults around adaptations. Like you've got the games, sit in your weird corner. If if that's where you want to stay, that's awesome. But like, let other people try to do something with this franchise. Um, And every time someone's tried, they tend to, you know, not, not react super well. 
So get off the fucking message board, Zach. Come on now. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't aimed at anyone in particular, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very, very I just uh, wanted, disappointed. I just want milk that tastes like real milk. You know what I mean? Like, I'm actually disappointed. Even though I didn't love it, I'm disappointed mm. because it's shit. Like, what? Like, what's the point? What's the point in doing one season if you're not going to yeah. at least see it through for a, you know a, a follow up at least? Unless it tanked hard, which I don't think it tanked hard, did it? I mean, viewer viewer rating of it, not like necessarily watch numbers, but I think like just general sort of impressions of it weren't fantastic. But I mean, right. the general impressions of the like Resident Evil films were never great either, but it, they People did really well back. with an audience yeah. because I'm not, I'm going to choose to ignore whatever you just tried to say about those movies because no, I, I don't need to hear said, it. <laughs> um, I just said, you know, but the people keep, keep, keep coming back when. Well, that's it. Yeah. Like they, they are weirdly, it, it's, it's a popular franchise. It always has a, a big mainstream appeal. Um, it, so it, it launched straight to the top of the, the charts in a lot of countries mm. for, for Netflix. But as, as we know, mean? they don't give can, us can numbers you what often. what that means? Like, like I know that it's top of the watch list. What does that mean? I'm trying to think like if you tell me something's at the top of the sales charts, right? I know that that thing is sold a lot, so it's made like a lot of money. When it's I don't think Netflix aren't transparent with their algorithms and so, shit. So um, what no. what does it really mean? How is it quantified when something's sitting number one in Australia? Mm. What does that mean? Did they start the first episode or did they watch the whole season? Is mm. that what you mean? Because I'd like to know too. I don't know if anyone else saw this, but Neil Gaiman got asked about uh, if they're doing season two of Sandman um, yes. because that show has been hugely popular, like amazing numbers on Netflix. And even he was like, even with the popularity we've achieved in the algorithm, we're still not guaranteed a second season because Netflix has such a strict uh, sort of window in which you are considered successful. And it's, I think it's if it's all consumed within the first week of launch or something like that. So if you're just, you know, casually watching a show and you've gone over that first, you know, run of seven days, it might not be counting towards the show's success on there, which is like just a weird way to run a business. That is very strange. It's quite demanding. Strange. Well, speaking of the mm-hmm. Sandman, I'm up, up to episode 11. Oh, yeah. very good. So very you've good. effectively, yeah. effectively you finished it. Yeah. Eh, it's fine. Yeah. Um, didn't do a lot for me. Um, As I said end. last week, though, your criticisms were fine. Like, I wouldn't argue with you on your feelings on that show. It It is what it is, and maybe, yeah, it just wasn't quite your cup of tea. Part of it really just made me roll my eyes just a bit. Uh, with people, like, wanting to live in the dreaming, for example, I was just like, fuck off. Like, as if. Like... <laughs> How dare you want to reunite with your dead husband? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wasn't going to go spoilers, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I was just like, but you can probably see like that's would have thrived in a in you know in a comic book, which is what it was. Yeah, yeah. But Um, no, as as you as I said, look, you're not being unreasonable. Speaking of unreasonable and speaking of absolutely dog shit Netflix uh, pieces of art, I watched 365 days, the final next three days or whatever the fuck it's called because Anna loves to watch them back. Those films suck. Um, They're bad. Like I think they're all like 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. This one would be surprised (laughs) if this isn't a third 0%. This film stinks. Um, Do you know what what these are? I'm aware of them. Vaguely, yeah. yeah. They're bad. Very bad. Um, yeah, 
Mm. I think that that's also something that irks me about the algorithm, right? The trash does numbers. Yes. Mm-hmm. So so this gets three films, possibly a fourth. Um, and you know why? You know, and, pe- and people watch it for the for the smoochy smoochy scenes. Um, so <laughs> oh, daddy like. Oh, daddy, <laughs> daddy, da- daddy did like. <laughs> anyway. Oh, anyway um, oh no. No, that's not good. Let's not go there. Um, yeah, right. Fuck. Um, mm, someone say something quick. Yeah, uh, so super quick. I haven't watched much. I've been mostly sleeping during the week. My See, I do manual laboring and it fucking kills me. So I've been snoring away. I've watched, I think, one thing in the past week. It was on Shudder. It's a Norwegian film. I don't know how to pronounce the original name, but it is anglicized as The Innocence. It is a film about a group of children in a kind of housing commission, sort of small community, uh, where they all sort of get together and find that they're able to utilize these kind of superpowers based off of one another. So one has the ability to like um, put thoughts into another person and sort of telecommunicate. Another has the ability to use like telekinesis. And as they sort of build their relationships with one another, they can kind of borrow one another's powers. The reason this is on Shudder is it's actually a really fucking dark film. So what starts off as really sweet, innocent children. You know, sometimes children are fucking C-words. And um, so at least one of these children is clearly like has like a narcissistic person or at least doesn't have any ability and won't have any ability to express empathy so a scene early on, not a spoiler, he uses his uh, telepathy to basically see what it would be like to drop a cat from a really high um, really high position and see if he can sort of catch it. And his tele- telepathy at that point is not very great. So the cat just sort of limps off and then he just like gutter stomps its head for fun and then zip ties it. So like some really fucked up shit. Uh, it was great. It was a really good film in terms of like something completely different in the sort of superpower or, or superhero adjacent genre. And uh, the writer wrote a film that was basically probably my, at least my favorite foreign language film of last year called The Worst Person in the World. Uh, so that person has written and directed this film and I thought it was brilliant. Nice. Subtitles, am I right? Look around them. Um. All right, so 90s film of the week, yay. Uh, You've been on a roll lately. You got some more Cloontang for me, boy? <laughs> didn't didn't have no Cloontang. What what did I go? James is confused by the... <laughs> no, I, I was appalled. Uh, there's a difference. <laughs> um, Mate, it's been, it's been a thing. It's been recurring. I'm getting desensitized. Is that, is that what I... Uh, did I, did I use the Cloontang last week? Yes. What, you did. What film was it? And oh, the week was, before. Out of sight. No, sorry. Two weeks before that, rather. Out of sight. You've used it twice in the last month, which is twice too many. What? Have you seen Out of Sight? Can't say that I have. I thought you were a film buff. Um, (laughs) That's the fucking 90s. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so this week's film is The The Phantom Menace. Well, is the what? Sorry, go again. This week's 90s film of the week is The Faculty. That's a name I know. With Elijah Wood, Josh name? Hartnett. Uh, oh, it's Robert Rodriguez. Yep. Okay. Big, I know this one. Um, Famke Jansen from uh, 
the Ari films? Is she, she she's in the Ari films yet? No. No, what she died? was in uh, James. She was in Goldeneye. She um, was. I know from the X Men films. Uh, oh X-Men. yeah, she was Jean Grey, wasn't she? Yeah. X Men, not. Um, whoops. Uh, yeah, and then a few other actors are in that movie. Um, the syn- <laughs> the synopsis is. Every time I go to IMDb, it doesn't give me the funny synopsis. All right, so when Casey Connor, which I believe is Elijah Wood, um, Harrington High School's newspaper photographer, witnesses the murder of a nurse and sees her alive again, she decides, okay, it can't be Elijah Woods. Elijah Woods? Elijah Wood? <laughs> she decides to investigate the bizarre happenings. <laughs> uh, it's it's like a little horror film kind of thing, like teen all right, it's sitting on a on a somewhat juicy fifty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, you can watch it on <laughs> uh, Stan. You can, you can watch it on Stan, or you can pay for it on Prime, YouTube, and Google Play. It's definitely a an odd one for a Robert Rodriguez film. There's a way. There's a way better um, synopsis than that. That was that was Google. Here we go. This is on Rotten Tomatoes. To the students at Harrington High, the principal and her posse of teachers have always been a little odd, but lately they've been behaving positively alien. Controlled by otherworldly parasites, the faculty try to infect students one by one. Cheerleader Delia, Jordana Brewster, who I think might have been in... um, Fast Fast and Furious. Furious. Yeah, Fast and Furious. Uh, Football player Stan, Sean Hat. Tosi, whoever that is, and drug dealer Zeke, Josh Hartnett, classic bad boy, uh, and new girl Mary Beth, Laura Harris, team up with some of their other classmates to fight back against the invaders. No mention of big dog Elijah Wood at all. Maybe he's just being cut from it. Um, but he's in it, so it's it's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Oh, Sean Tosi, he took Ben Mendelsohn's role on the uh, Animal Kingdom US adaptation. Alright, one of the little, I've got a little Pop quiz. I want, I want you want to see if you can get the answers here. Uh, one of the editorials here on Rotten Tomatoes is <clears throat> they've ranked the top ten Salma Hayek films. Uh, so I want to see if you can guess what her number one ranked film is. No, I cannot. The Hitman's Bodyguard, which it definitely isn't. <laughs> I can't uh, think of. I can't. What? Yeah, I know, right? I um, no, she she has. Sorry, do you, did anyone see Savages? No, but I'm going to give you... A little, she had a film come out last year that was a critical darling. Look, I'm going to give you this, this little tip. Five of her... To her th- sorry, three of her top five films, she's not actually in the film. So she's a voice actor in the other three. Ah, okay, right. Well, I'm, yeah, there's no chance of me getting anywhere near this then, I don't think. It's not Eternals, is it? Puss in Boots is her number one ranked film. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. I didn't the even Pirates Band of Misfits is her second ranked film. I've never even heard of that. Uh, Tales of Tales, sorry, Tale of Tales is the third rank. That's that she's actually in that. Sausage Party is the fourth one, and then <sighs> Frida. Rough. At number five. Jesus. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have got any of those. Nah. Thanks for that, Zach. That was that was fun. All right, mate. Um, Informative. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think of what she was in. Uh, at number fifteen is the faculty. In case you're wondering, oh, could I did we wonder where, yeah. where exactly <laughs> that had come from. Um, all right, let's wrap it up there. Any questions, James? You've not seen the faculty. No, no. Have you I seen haven't. any of the '90s films that you promised me that you'd watch? 
Nope. Okay, nope. to me. All right. <laughs> Attaboy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Well Played DLC podcast. You can check out all the content on www.well-play.com.au. Have a great week. Check out Mark's review. He did he did well. There's probably other stuff you can check out there. Um, my Brock the Investigator review is up. I know I said it would be up by the time last potty went up, but I lied to you. What was um, your final score? Nine. Okay, I actually gave it a nine in the end because I actually Ooh. I rolled credits after the podcast and yeah, really, really, really good game. Um, cool. Have have a great week. Enjoy whatever it is you're going to be doing. Also, get excited for a new nickel back in ten days, baby. Get excited for <laughs> Lord of the Rings, the Rings of oh, yes. Power. Yes. Yeah. That yeah, should be dropping. And as I said, you're allowed to get a little lit. And what's this? Um, the first two episodes are dropping, correct? Correct. Was that a surprise? Like I, no. I, knew, I, like I knew it was coming soon, but I didn't. when I read it, I, wasn't, I was like, oh, that's Yeah, we, we've known about this for the better part of a year. But yeah. it's coming in September? Yeah. All oh, right. Okay, there you go. Fuck me, right. All right. Well, um... <laughs> <laughs> we shall see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.